tweet at SFM Radio and at Patricia M. Dooley. Right now, we are talking health conversations, plant-based diets, veganism. But there's another buzzword that's currently going around, and that is that of plant milk. Talking to us about this, we've got Donovan Will, who's the director at ProVeg South Africa. Donovan, thank you very much for joining us this evening. Thank you so much for having me. You are officially tagged the A-team vegan guy, the vegan go-to guy with all the information because it's the second time we're speaking today. Well, this week or this month. Yeah, yeah this month. This Thank month, you very much actually. for that. <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully I will still have some, some answers for you. I know you will have some answers. There's one uh, discussion that I had with Phineas and Dobba, who's our technical um, A-teamer. And he was saying to us, um, the last conversation we had, he said, you know, Patricia, I'm actually on a plant uh, meat diet. So what Donovan was talking about was really intriguing because it's a lifestyle that I'm part of. But I'm yet to get into fully um, embracing the plant milk. And I was, uh, I said to him, well, today Donovan's going to educate us about plant milk. So, and, and the thing that intrigues me is the fact that there is a World Plant Milk Day, which is happening on the 22nd of this uh, month, which is two days from now. Can you tell us why this day is significant? So, you know, what what happened is is we as more people are starting to to see the benefits of plant milk, we realized that that the biggest barrier to people trying these things is education. People don't people don't know that they're there and they don't know what the benefits are. And and the idea of having something like World Plant Milk Day is just to to have a platform that helps us to educate people and just spread the message about the benefits of these products. Mm, and, you know, when we are talking about a plant-based milk, what, what is this sort of milk? And, and obviously we know there's soy, there's uh, almond, but I'm sure there's other variations. So, yeah, so plant-based milk refers to any milks that are made from, from plants. And so in South Africa, we've, we've, actually, we've actually got a really big range. And so a lot of people don't realize that. You know, most of us, when we, we grow up, um, eating the normal diet, we think milk, and you know there's milk, and maybe there's full cream or or low fat, and then you someone tells you I'm going on a plant-based diet or we're going vegan, and you think, oh, that's restrictive. That means we have less options. But but like you said, there's soy, there's almond in South Africa. We've also got oat, brown rice milk, cashew milk, coconut milk, hazelnut, hemp, macadamia, quinoa, rice milk, even tiger nut milk. And overseas, there's a whole lot more, but um, in South Africa, I think we, we're quite lucky that we've got at least, I think there's 12 on this list. Shoo, that's a lot of variations of milk. I didn't even um, know so many milk variations um, are available. So, uh, A-teamers, I want to uh, encourage you to join in on this conversation because I know a lot of the A-teamers are very health conscious. And I'd like to know if you have started the journey of utilizing uh, plant uh, milk. And if you have, please do call on 0891-104-207. Or even if you've got a question that you'd like to ask Donovan um, regarding uh, veganism and uh, the plant-based milk and plant-based meats, you can WhatsApp as well on 0614-104-107. Now, Donovan, there's one thing I've noticed, especially when it comes to things like soy milk and almond milk and coconut milk, they are quite expensive. Why is this? So there, there are a lot of reasons, and one of the reasons is just that um, you know we don't have the same economies of scale as as dairy milk. So you don't have as many people buying the product, so you can't make the same 
you have to make a little bit more profit on each on each unit to make it um, affordable. But then we also have to ask the question of why is dairy milk so cheap? And you know the the reality is some of the benefits of plant milk are, for example, that it's better for the environment. So if you have something like um, like like cow farming for for um, for dairy. Who pays for the pollution caused by that? You know, this greenhouse gas is being released into the atmosphere, which now obviously we know are linked to, to global warming. Who pays the price for that? Now, the farmer's not paying that price, so the farmer's not charging the, 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 the consumer for that. So no one pays the price for that pollution. And there are a lot of things like that. And then obviously government subsidies. And also if we look at, at milk in South Africa, there's no, there's no vat paid on milk, so that's going to keep the price of milk down. So to some degree, the question is actually, how are we able to get milk so cheap? Um, so then relative to milk, these products are, are a little bit more expensive. And then again, there's a big range. So, you know, we, we set out, like you said, we, we went, a lot of people don't know how many options there are. There are 12 different types, and Provitz decided for World Palmer Day, we wanted to try and get get hold of all of them and try them and catalog them. So we've got, um, at the moment, in, a, in I'm working from home, in my flat, we've got 79 different options. And we were tasting them. And one of the interesting things that came out is um, one of the cheapest options is Good Hope Ma, um, Ma standing for multi alternative. And it's actually a really nice tasting one, even though it's, um, it's, it's one of the cheapest ones. And then obviously some of the ones that are, especially some of the imported ones, are very expensive, but they taste absolutely amazing. We, we tried a, a hazelnut one, and everyone just said, you know, let's just stop tasting the other ones. We just want to drink this one. It almost tastes like drinking like liqueur. It's just this really nice, rich, hazelnutty taste. So I think there's, it's one of these things where there's kind of um, trying to get to the point where there's, where there's um, something for everyone. Mm, definitely good to know that there are options and we now understand why the price is sometimes so high. Let's talk about the benefits of going and utilizing plant milk. Okay, so there are a few and the, the biggest ones I think are, you know, on the environmental side, it's very clear. And if we look at things like um, water usage, it takes about uh, just over 600 liters of, of water to produce a liter of cow's milk where something like soy milk, it only requires 28 liters. So it's a huge water saving. So in a country like South Africa that has ongoing water problems, you know, that's a, a really big one to look at. And then I mentioned earlier um, greenhouse gas emissions and plant-based milks also use about a tenth of the, or about a, a sixth of the, I think, the, the greenhouse, release about a sixth of the greenhouse gases. And then they also use less than a tenth of the, of the land that's needed. So that's for the environmental side, that's a, a really big um, benefit. And then obviously what you've mentioned, um, a lot of your listeners are health conscious, and there's some serious health benefits for, for trying to, to switch to a more plant-based diet in general. But on the, on the milk side, we can look at one really big thing is lactose intolerance, that a, a lot of people don't realize they're lactose intolerant because their symptoms aren't that severe. And studies suggest that up to 75% of adult humans suffer from some form of, um, of lactose intolerance. And sometimes that can just be a little bit of abdominal discomfort or a little bit of gas. And people don't realize that they have that until they actually give, a, give, give dairy a break. But then there's also things like um, saturated fat, cholesterol, antibiotics, hormones, things that, that we find a lot of in dairy milk, but we don't really find them in, in, um, 
in plant mode. And then obviously the other advantage for a lot of people is on the ethical side. You know, if we look at the, the life of a dairy cow, even in the nicest farm in South Africa where a commercial farm, that cow is, is made just to grow up, have a baby, the baby gets taken away, the cow gets milked, the cow gets reimpregnated, the next baby gets taken away, the cow gets milked, the cow, you know, it goes through that cycle four or five times and then it's not producing enough milk and then it's it's slaughtered for meat. And that's not a very, that's not the pretty picture of, of farming that we like to think about. And, and that's sort of the best case scenario. So a lot of people don't, would rather drink something that's coming from uh, soybeans or, or almonds that doesn't require us to sort of um, um, take an animal and put it in a, in a milking machine all day for years. Mm. Now, Donovan, you know, when you're talking about the, the, the farming process, I mean, when you look at uh, the, the c- cattle farming for milk and then uh, versus the plant farming um, for uh, producing these uh, plant-based milks, obviously it seems that uh, it's, it's less um, without being offensive or um, upsetting people who enjoy milk like I do, and I'm talking about the the, the dairy milk, it, it 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 seems like it's less cruel <laughs> um, when you are looking at the plant-based milks. But if things like droughts happen, how will this affect this particular market that is already set? It's already a niche market and it's an expensive market. Yeah, so that's the thing is when when droughts happen, that affects everyone. So if there's a drought, then the the cows that were grazing on the grass aren't having as much, don't get as much grass. So the the beef farmer also gets affected to some degree. But one of the nice things is that when we look at things like um, like rice milk um, and oat milk, these these crops aren't necessarily grown in South Africa. So if we're importing rice and we're turning it into milk, then we're not having to use a huge amount of of our own um, water to to water those those crops. Mm. And has the restaurant industry and coffee shop industry taken a liking to um, this particular plant milk? So that's something that's that's really interesting. And if you look at um, South Africa's largest coffee chain, um, Vida. They they started introducing um, milks a few years ago, and now they have five different options. So you know, there's no excuse not to at least give it a try if you're a milk, uh, coffee lover. And actually, for World Plant Milk Day um, from today until Sunday, Vida's scrapping the surcharge on the um, the plant milk options for their for their small coffees. Um, Usually it's a little bit more expensive to have the macadamia option or the um, the oat milk option, but on for the for a few days that'll cost the same. And we're seeing more and more of them, um, more and more of the coffee shops doing that. This is SFM late night conversations. The time is twenty minutes to. Uh, 11 and at 11 o'clock Zuleka Kodashi is going to come in with the news right now we're talking to the director of ProVeg South Africa Donovan Will about um, plant, well World Plant Milk Day which is on the 22nd of August but also talking about the plant milk benefits as opposed to dairy milk. Remember that you can join in on the conversation by SMSing us on 41391 or WhatsApping on 0614104107 you can also call 08 891 I'm going to come back to your WhatsApps after this. 
Tweet at SFM Radio and at Patricia N. Dooley. 104 to 107 nationwide. This is uh, Late Night Conversations. We are talking to Donovan Will, Director of ProVeg South Africa, about uh, World Plant Milk Day and also about just the, the lifestyle of being vegan or just um, going plant-based. And uh, obviously that's what they deal with at ProVeg, trying to get us to have more awareness in transforming the global food system by replacing conventional animal based products with plant-based products and uh, obviously Donovan knows better about these things and he's going to be giving us more information. Remember A-teamers, if you would like to ask your questions or you want to become vegan or you are vegan right now, you want to uh, tell us about the health benefits that you've experienced, please do so. Join in on the conversation on 0614-104-107 on WhatsApp or SMS 41391. You can also call on 891 now, Donovan, I've got some questions here from A-teamers. Uh, the first one is from Isaac. Isaac says, hi, Patricia and your guest. Is there a kind of a plant-based milk that Donovan can recommend for a person with IBS? Oh, so I'm not a, I'm not a nutritionist, so I can't give, give, um, give um, specific advice like that. But, you know, my, my suggestion would be, to speak to a, a dietitian about that, and in in general, it's probably better to be to be to be um, going for the plant-based options rather than dairy if you do have have IBS. Okay, and uh, Annalisa in Durban says I am very interested in trying a vegan diet and maybe even making it a lifestyle, but I worry that it is financially expensive to get all the nutritional supplements or food supplements for products, even for protein sources. Uh, is, is this the case? Is it very expensive as opposed to um, just eating the normal diet we are used to? Yeah, so this is one of the questions we get a lot, and it's it's very important to look at at what the basics are. What do we really need to be consuming? And if we eat a variety of whole foods, you know, um, things like lentils and mushrooms, um, leafy greens, um, nuts and seeds, we can get all of the nutrients we need. We definitely don't need to worry about um, protein. Protein is built up um, by amino acids, and those amino acids are in abundance in plants. And if you look at some of the biggest animals out there, you know, um, apes and rhinos and elephants, they're they're all eating eating vegetables, and they're not. I mean, veget- a vegetarian diet, and they're not worried about protein. So, so we really don't need to worry about protein. The only nutrient um, you really want to uh, be supplementing is vitamin B12. That's one that's um, created by bacteria, and we. Um, people on a fully plant-based diet um, can have a little bit too little of that. But at the same time, again, this is all about education, and a lot of people don't realize that even people on a traditional diet, on the the conventional diet that most people eat, they're also suffering generally from a whole lot of nutrition deficiencies that people don't like to talk about, like, um, like potassium and fiber. You know, when was the last time someone asked you where you get your fiber from? Where there's a lot of people who aren't getting enough fiber, but if if you speak to doctors and you say to doctors, you know, when was the last time you saw someone with a with a protein deficiency? It just doesn't exist. And in South Africa, we have the opposite problem. If you walk into any hospital and ask the doctors, why are people here? There's a, a lot of people who are in the hospitals because they're overweight 
because they have heart disease, because they have type 2 diabetes. These are lifestyle diseases, and they're caused by what we eat and the fact that we're eating too much of stuff. You know, the problem isn't that we're getting too little protein. The problem is that we're getting too much saturated fat, and too much cholesterol. Um, and so from a price point of view, what we need to look at is, okay, how do we get our protein? We can get it from beans. We can get it from nuts and seeds. Um, we can get it from, from lentils. These aren't very expensive products. And the cheapest diet that we can eat is, is something like, um, you know, whole, whole brown rice with uh, lentils and some spinach and, and things like that aren't expensive. Some butternut, some potatoes, some onion. These products aren't expensive at all. And what the confusing, the confusing, the confusing, the confusing part is when we look at some of the alternative products, some of them are quite expensive. So if you want to, if you want a, a burger and you want your burger to taste like a beef burger, but you want it to be a vegetarian one that tastes like a beef burger, that's going to cost you a little bit more because the technology that's required to do that at the moment does just make it a little bit more expensive. Well, in some cases, a lot more expensive, mm. but. Those are the luxury products. And when we look at most people's food basket, the luxury products are already expensive. Vegan cheese is very expensive. But if you go into pick and pay and find the most luxurious um, imported cheeses, they're way more expensive than even the expensive vegan cheeses. So it's all, everything's relative. But the cheapest diet is also, the, is also one of the healthiest diets. Whole food, plant-based, get in those vegetables, get in the whole grains, the, the beans and legumes and things like that. Let me go to A-team uh, KGM, who's uh, in Mafigeng right now. KGM, good evening. Uh, good evening, Pat. Uh, good evening to your, your guest and to my fellow listeners. Uh, le- let me ponder on, on a few things. One, uh, the, this, is a very, uh, this topic is very close to, to my heart. Um, because to, to me, as a, as a Mosaro, as a Bushman, um, what, what I eat uh, completes, makes me wholesome as a person now i i eat a lot of crap a lot of what many people look at and say yeah you know what i can't i snack on 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 mopani worms as an example i i eat a lot of raw because that's what we do as basara Uh, we don't cook the the food the way it is the norm um I normally make an example of saying people don't cook food, they kill food. We we as Basara prefer to, to eat food that is still a bit lively because we want that enzyme, that, that high level of enzyme, because that's what, what actually works in the body. But I would like to challenge your guest in this way. I, I, I think the the biggest negative effect in in a human um uh, diet is generalization. What is good for you is not necessarily what is good for me. As Basara, we would look at you um, and be able to see that you are not supposed to eat this type of food because you are maybe allergic, reactive to it. But but here with with the the modern uh, technology, the modern way of of producing food, as it were. There's a lot of generalization, and I think a lot of people actually get ill. A lot of people. Um, Are you still there, KGM? I, oh. 
goodness. Um, we lost uh, the line. It seems uh, there's a network issue there, but we'll try and get uh, KGM back on the line. Ben is going to do so. But Donovan, I think you've heard um, his initial, um, you know, uh, stance there on saying generalizing on uh, the way we eat is a bit of a danger. What's your take on that? Yeah, I think I'll first uh, chat about what he said first about, you know, eating things like mapami worms and eating things raw. You know, I think he, is, he sounds like a guy who's um, who's eating from the land a lot more than the average person who's going to, to McDonald's or, or just going to a grocery store and buying highly processed food. So we're definitely on an agreement there that eating stuff that's less processed is going to be healthier. Um, and then when we talk about generalizations, I think that it is important to realize that there are individual differences. So um, one person might be lactose intolerant and another person isn't. And and that would make a very big difference between whether that one person benefits hugely from reducing dairy or not. But when we look at some things, there are some things that we can generalize on because the, the research shows us that, you know, having, eating, um, Eating less saturated fat, for example, can help lower your, your bad cholesterol. That's, that's something that happens with most people. So some people are born with um, hereditary, um, or like they inherit relatively low cholesterol levels, and maybe they can live perfectly fine with um, eating as much saturated fat as they want. But when we look at general health, there are some generalizations that we can make, like less processed is usually a little bit better, less salt is better, and less saturated fat is better. Um, and to some degree, people should try it out for themselves. But when we look at the the research, there there are some things that are um, that are quite clear. And I think the other thing we should look at is what we've been told in the past that we should eat. Now we're saying, you know, maybe we should eat more plant-based or maybe we should do something else. But we forget that the, the knowledge we currently have came from somewhere as well. So, you know, we're all told we should drink um, dairy milk for strong bones. Um, but we can make that, gen- that, everyone's happy to make that generalization. But when we look at the studies, the studies actually show that in countries where milk consumption is the highest, um, hip fracture rates are also the highest and bone density is the lowest. So there's actually not not much at all in in the research that suggests that drinking drinking a lot of cow's milk actually makes your bones stronger. I've got KGM back on the line. Uh, KGM, I hope your line will not disappoint us again. I hope so. I hope so, Pat. Uh, my my last two points were were just clarity on the the generalisation. Uh, the, the 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 part that I was talking to is the issue of um, which is a bit controversial. What, what, what normally we would we would say is good for white people, uh, for instance, uh, let's use Asian food as an example, which is something that I've, I've, is very close to 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 my heart. Uh, Asian food, African foods, and and mostly European food. Big difference when you look at, 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 at the comparison there and the reasons why people eat them the way they eat them. You can even throw in the American way of cooking and eating. Um, I, I think the generalization was, was there. When we talk and we say, uh, as you said earlier, um, fat, fat would, would, would be good for cholesterol, it, it could be the opposite for, for me because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a black person. And my immune system is not the same as yours. I think we don't have to shy away from those so-called controversial realities. 
those unpalatable things. Uh, talk to that. Let me hear what your take is on it. And and the parting shot, commercialization. Now, we, we, we always talk about foods that are good because they are sold by a certain brand of, of a retailer. Uh, and they're said to be, some, some of them, they will be even tell you how natural the, the, the foods are. The truth of the matter is, most of the foods that we buy, that we purchase, are nothing but commercialized foods. Now, it, it doesn't matter the type of English we can speak to, t- to try and reason it. When, when I, I, I pick um, a, 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 a wild, what is called a wild fruit, uh, which to me is, is just an indigenous fruit, and you compare the same fruit with something that I'll get from, I don't want to advertise retailers, but, but some popular retailers that are said to be the ones that have uh, uh, natural fruits or, or green fruits, if you like, it's, it's not the same. And we need to talk to that. We need to be careful about it. And I think we, we're missing the point when, when we, we, we never care to look into why certain foods are prepared in a certain way and they are put on the shelves for us to be able to, to be indoctrinated into believing that they are good, whereas in, in honesty, they are not really good for our foods. Pet, and, and thank you very much and your guest. Thank you. KGM, before you go, um, um, yes. when I go on this uh, tour with you, right, since that yes. uh, we are allowed to travel now, I'm just yes. waiting for the itinerary. Okay, Benzito okay. and I are waiting for the itinerary. When we have this trip, are you going to introduce us to some of these indigenous fruits and um, and foods that the Basara eat? Uh, absolutely. Excellent. Uh, one day we should talk about the, the, the four trips that I, I took, I undertook uh, from Cape Town to Cairo and the types of foods and in comparison to what we eat as Basara. I, I guess it's a topic for another day, but yeah, you'll be spoiled for, for choice. Oh, excellent. I can't wait. My mouth is already watering. Let me allow uh, Donovan uh, to come in here and just uh, comment uh, finally on what um, KGM was saying. Yeah, I think, I mean, this is one more point on the on the generalization. I mm. think, uh, again, uh, there's some things that, that, you know, that we are all very similar on and then some things that, that there are very big differences. So one of the ones that's very applicable for World Plant Milk Day is this lactose intolerance. And and, and like you said, you know, there are certain things that we don't want to say, you know, white people this and black people this. But when we look at um, lactose intolerance, um, Europeans have less um, lactose intolerance than their native um, Africans. And it's got to do with, like, how long we've been farming um, um, dairy. And so that is a that is a difference that the the research shows quite clearly. And so there is something that you know, we should be we should be taking that into account. Mm. Um, and then when we look at when we look at the commercialization of food, it's a it is a tricky situation because it's there are really big advantages of having commercialized food systems because it means that, for example, you can be a radio DJ and I can be an NGO director and I don't have to spend a large amount of my time making my uh, growing vegetables. I actually do, do grow a little bit of, little bit of herbs and some, some veggies on my, on my balcony. But for most of us, it's not a reality that we could, that we could live in. And also, most of us in South Africa, and as we see this around the world, most people live in cities. And so we don't have the access to, um, to like, um, forage for for wild food, and so having being able to walk into a grocery store and buy um, vegetables or whatever food you want 
is a really big advantage for us as a society. And so when we look at how the retailers um, label some of the products, there have definitely been instances where there has been a little bit of like, you know, it's not always that clear what's healthy and what's not healthy. And it's not always clear like which preservatives have been put in and which ones we should avoid and which ones are safe. And I think this is something that consumers need to be more aware of and are being more aware of. And they're taking the, the manufacturers more to task on these things. So people are asking those questions. People are looking for organic and people are looking to see which preservatives have been added. And, you know, things like Tartrazine and MSG, you know, people are asking those questions and we're seeing more and more brands that are responding. But the food system just responds to demand. So if if people put terrible preservatives in the product and no one says anything, then they're going to keep doing it. But if consumers go and and buy the, the quality products that don't have all these nasty things in. And I think that's where the difficulty comes in. When we go into a retailer and we see two options and one's a little bit more expensive, and again, this is relevant for, for World Palmock Day, when we see one that's more expensive and one that's cheaper, but they both taste the same, we, we buy the cheaper one. Mm. We don't ask, like, oh, why is this one more expensive? Is it for health reasons? Are there preservatives or other, other things in this product that's making it cheaper? Um, or is it the recyclable, recyclable pa- um, packaging? Or are there other considerations that we need to take into account? Many people in South Africa, because we 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 have we we don't have money growing on trees, the price is often the thing that determines what we what we choose. And again, if if putting preservatives in it and and um, and doing things to the food that makes it less healthy also makes it cheaper, and we keep choosing the cheaper option, then companies will keep doing that. Donovan, I wish we had more time uh, to engage uh, on this, but I'm sure there's a lot of other things that we will uh, be engaging on in the near future. Thank you so very much for your time and for educating us about the various options of plant milk. Uh, Thank you very much, and I hope that you you managed to to get down to Vito or somewhere on um, Saturday to get a a plant milk um, coffee. Well, I'll try, so I'll definitely try one. Thank you very much, Donovan. Cool. Cheers, man. Let's uh, go to the beautiful Zolega Kotashe in the newsroom.